Welcome back. How are you doing since we chatted last time about identifying your circumstances, your thoughts, your feelings, your actions, and your results? How is that going for you? If you haven't listened to the previous episode, I would love for you to find time to do that because today we're going to take one step deeper and we're specifically going to zoom in on those emotions, those feelings. And I want to share with you what we have been doing in our house to intentionally connect emotionally and how to grow emotionally. I know it's kind of this vague, abstract, far out there conversation. So I want to share some specific things that we have done in our house to grow and to take steps forward in that way. Hey mama, welcome to Intimacy After Infidelity. Do you find yourself Googling, can a marriage survive infidelity? Or what's the first step to divorce? Do you wake up full of hope only to end the day with more shame when there's another stupid argument again? Hey, I'm Christina Joy, forgiven daughter of Jesus. I too felt the shame of infidelity and wished someone had a roadmap for how to get out of the mess so I could experience freedom. I kept telling myself I just needed to try harder to end the affair and fix my marriage until I found I needed Jesus to heal some deep wounds in my heart. Through prayer, lots of research, and developing new healthy habits, I was able to find healing to shed my shame once and for all. Now I'm excited to share everything I've learned with you. So find your safe space and pop in that earbud. Let's rebuild your life and marriage better than it's ever been. So I wanted to first of all thank Megan for leaving a review for me on Apple Podcasts. She said this is a valuable resource. This show is an incredible resource for anyone who wants to renew trust in their relationship. Christina brings beautiful honesty, insight, and mentorship. Megan, thanks so much for sharing that. And I just wanted to open the door to you today to say if you are looking for that community, if you are looking for resources of what will help me in my marriage, what will help me as I'm navigating this unexpected journey I never thought I'd be on, am I alone in this? Friend, I want to invite you to a community that I have, that I am building, and it is a Facebook group. So if you search facebook.com slash groups slash intimacy after infidelity, it is a safe space for you to be heard, for you to be seen, for you to get questions answered in real time, and for you to laugh and find community. Life and marriage are hard as it is. So let's find a group together of like-minded, Jesus-loving wives who want to build their marriage the right way, the healthy way, without shame, without judgment. Women who are real and authentic and want to support each other through this journey that we're all on together. So if you have questions or if you'd love to continue the conversation from some of these shows, I would love for you to hop over to Facebook, join our group. I will have the link in the show notes for you, and we will dig in deeper. Now, I still remember way back in high school, I remember conversations where I would tell friends that I literally hated emotions. 
Does that make any sense? Not to me. But I said I hated emotions. I was a logical thinker. Emotions just made no sense and they weren't helpful. So I don't even want to deal with them at all. I was a thinker and not a feeler. But yet, fast forward, and I found myself in counseling complaining that in our marriage, we weren't emotionally connecting. Imagine that. And he was the emotionally immature one. Can you believe it? Very humbling. Boy, did we both have a lot to learn. So I want to have a conversation today about some of those ways that we have grown, that we are growing. What are we actually doing when it comes to this idea of maturing emotionally? I don't want to be a three-year-old emotionally when I'm not actually three years old. I want to grow in all areas. Physically, you have a birthday every year. Well, are you also growing spiritually, emotionally, mentally, in all of the ways? Okay, so I have a couple tips for you today. One is that we grew in our vocabulary. These emotional words are probably not words that you were raised to use. I know we weren't in our childhood homes. We did not have a lot of good emotional vocabulary. Now, everybody knows the words. I'm happy. I'm sad. Maybe I'm angry. I'm scared. I'm fine, which that one doesn't count, by the way. Please stop saying I'm fine. But did you know that it can go way, way, way deeper than that? So there are some great tools out there. It could come in a list of just things listed out. Or you might have heard of an emotional wheel where in the middle of the wheel, it has your most basic emotions, happy, sad, all of those. But then it takes happy and it has spokes that come out and get a little deeper and a little deeper. And it's incredible as you read those words, your intuition picks up on the differences. So instead of just being happy, you could be joyful. You could be cheerful. You could be delighted. You could be overjoyed. There are so many different words for each of these core emotions. So one thing that we did was we printed out a list of emotional words and we hung it on the refrigerator. Why did we do that? Because in conversation, it is so important that you can express how you're feeling. So on more than one occasion, we have had conversations in the kitchen and we have pointed to that paper and we have said, look at this, can you pick out a word? Take a minute, study it, choose a word that describes where you're at right now because it will help me care for you better when I know where you're at. Now, another thing we're doing with this vocabulary is that we are modeling it to our children. Now, yes, whatever is age appropriate. So right now, our kids are seven and five and four and one. Uh, But with the three older ones, especially, we are teaching them how to use words. Hey, you're looking pretty angry. Hey, you're looking pretty frustrated. Hey, what happened? Can you point to this picture with faces and tell me which face is how you feel? So it's age appropriate, but we are teaching our children that it is good to have the words to explain what's going on inside of them. 
Another thing that we have been doing, number two, is a daily check-in. And there's two parts to this. First is with yourself and Jesus. And the second part is with your spouse. So why is this important? Well, kind of like I mentioned before, you have to know who you are and how you are so that you can be your most authentic self and communicate that to your spouse and your children. No more stuffing our emotions down just so they boil up again later. No more just sweeping things under the rug, hoping that it never shows up again. You have to slow down, be able to put a word to how you are feeling. And this might be uncomfortable for some of you, but I'm going to challenge you. Take that word and sit at Jesus' feet. Sister, he created those emotions. God wants you to sit at his feet with whatever that emotion is. God is big enough to handle your big emotions. So identify it for yourself. Sit with it before God. Talk to him about it. Don't ignore it. Actually talk with him about it. And then later in the day, make it a point to talk with your spouse. Now, this is two-sided. If you were my coaching client, I would encourage you to take 10 minutes a day with your spouse. And this could be 10 minutes or 20 minutes, depending on how much time you have. But literally set a timer, sit with your spouse, no phone, no TV, no music, no children. Look at each other and talk with each other about how you're both doing that day. So this is not meant to be any huge, scary conversation, but just a daily check-in to say, hey, how are you doing really? How was work? Was there anything exciting? Anything scary? Anything that you're nervous about? That is how you can start to build your emotional intimacy together is simply by having conversation every day. Whew, is anybody else's mind blown? How easy is that? You'll connect when you carve out the time to sit and communicate at a deeper level. Not just the calendar, not just the budget, but how's your heart doing? So first of all, you have to learn the vocabulary. Second of all, you have to carve out the time for you to check in with yourself, check in with Jesus, but then also communicate that to your spouse. Now that leads into my third point. Hold space for your spouse and be quiet. Women, I know this is so difficult, but in that either 10 or 20 minutes, there should be an equal amount of time for you to talk about your emotions and for your husband to talk about his emotions with no interruption. Bite your tongue. Put your hand over your mouth if you have to. Please just listen to your husband. I kind of want to create a t-shirt that says listening is loving. That is one way that you can show love just by listening. Maybe he needs to grieve something. Maybe he just wants to tell you about a problem that he's struggling through and he doesn't need you to fix it. Maybe he wants to celebrate something. So whatever emotion he has, hold space for him. And as you do that, the expectation is that he would return the favor for you, that he could also hold space for where you are at. 
So both of you have to be able to do this together. Hold space for each other. Listen. Don't say anything. But as you listen and get to know his heart, you'll pick up on what he needs. Does he need a hug? Does he need a back rub? Does he need a date? Does he need time out by himself? So there's a little bonus tip for you. Could you possibly offer for him to have an outlet? Does he need some time with the guys? Does he need a walk by himself? Whatever it is, when when we are at our best, then we are at our best for our spouse. So do you need an outlet? Uh, some time by yourself to regroup and, you know, to take this time to identify how you're feeling and what you need. Maybe you need that, but maybe it would also be loving for you to offer that to your spouse as well. So my question for you today, how can you grow emotionally? What's the next step for you to mature? And I'm talking the one next step Maybe your step is to print out an emotion wheel and hang it up on the fridge so that everybody can see it. Maybe your next step is to commit to journaling about one emotion every day. Five minutes. Just answer that question. This is the word of the day. This is where I'm at. There is no shame. There is no judgment. We are not happy 100% of the time. That would be a robot. You have real emotions that you need to walk through that you need to live out so that you can get the result of a beautiful, authentic, fully colorful life. So I would love to hear what is your next step because I would love to cheer you on and encourage you and celebrate with you. So the best way to do that is to head over to that Facebook group. Let us know what your next step is and we will be supporting you all along the way. So dig into those emotions, have the good conversations, and I can't wait to hear how you are growing in all the ways. Hey mama, I hope today's episode encouraged your heart. If you need to talk about this some more, would you send me a message at christinajoycoaching.com? Also, please take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It thrills my heart to know this podcast is helping you heal your heart so you can shed the shame of your affair. I am cheering for you, and I can't wait to hear your story. I'll meet you back here on Tuesdays and Thursdays for another episode. As always, be clothed with strength and dignity, and laugh without fear of the future.